Welcome to 7-Minute Torah, an exploration of the weekly Torah portion with me, Rabbi Micah Streifer. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to subscribe or comment or share it with a friend. I'm going to tell you one of my favorite jokes. Now, I'd like to say that I learned this joke from a Jewish source, but I actually learned it from the TV show The West Wing. It goes like this. A man is in his home when he hears a radio report saying that the rain is going to lead to flooding and it's important to get to safety. He says to himself, I'm a religious person. I pray God will save me. So the waters start to rise and the man notices outside that the streets are filled with water. A rowboat comes by and some people in the rowboat call to him. They say, jump in. We'll take you to safety. He shouts back to them. I'm a religious person. I pray God will save me. The waters continue rising, and the man has to go up on his roof. A helicopter comes by. The people in the helicopter throw a ladder down to him and say, Jump onto the ladder, and we'll save you. He shouts back to them, I'm a religious person. I pray God will save me. Well, he dies. And when he gets to heaven, he has a bone to pick to God. He says, God, I'm a religious person. I pray. Why didn't you save me? And God says to him, save you. I sent you a radio report, a rowboat, and a helicopter. What else do you want from me? The moral of the story, of course, is that sometimes we can't wait around for God to do God's work. We have to do it ourselves. We're living in a scary world right now where in some ways it does feel like the floodwaters are rising. People are confined to their homes. They're afraid. It's easy to look around and say, where is God right now? The Torah portion for this week speaks to that question. It's called Shemini. And what it describes is really the beginning of worship, the beginning of prayer and sacrifice in ancient Israel. The Israelites have been at Mount Sinai for quite some time now. In addition to having received the laws of the Ten Commandments and the Torah, they've also built a Mishkan, a sanctuary or tabernacle, in which they will worship God during the following 40 years in the desert. And this portion opens with the beginning or initiation of formal worship in that Mishkan. As it opens, Moses is giving instructions to Aaron, who is both his brother and the high priest, for how to perform sacrifice in the temple, saying, Ki hayom Adonai nire elechem. Today, he says, the eternal God will appear to you. In other words, there's some kind of an idea that when Aaron and the priests perform sacrifice, God will literally appear before them. And it would be one thing if it only said it once, but only two verses later, Moses again gives these instructions, saying, this is what God has commanded you to do, Vayera elechem kavod Adonai, so that the presence of the eternal God may appear before you. And then, after the whole set of sacrifices has actually been performed, verse 24, it says, or 23, it says, Vayera kavod Adonai el kol ha'am. The presence of God appeared to all the people. Fire came forth from before the eternal and consumed the burnt offering on the altar, and all the people saw. Boy, if only it were that simple, right? Is God pleased with what you did? If so, God appears in the form of fire and smoke. It's hard to buy into this idea as modern people. We don't believe that God works that way. We don't believe that worship necessarily works that way. I'm not convinced that when I pray, God either hears or doesn't hear, either answers or doesn't answer. I'm not convinced that the purpose of prayer is to get God to do things at all. 
So what are we supposed to do with this passage that is so much about the presence of God appearing before the people? Well, I think we can understand it a different way if we look elsewhere in Jewish text. If we look at the Talmud, this is Tractate Brachot 6a, the rabbis discuss what it takes to get God to appear. But here the language is very different. It says, When ten people gather to pray, the divine presence is with them. And they justify that or prove it, so to speak, from a verse in the Psalms where it says, God stands in the midst of the congregation. Of course, the rabbis aren't talking about smoke and fire appearing in the midst of the sanctuary when people are praying. They're talking about some kind of a sense that God is present, that the act of prayer brings the presence of God. And not only prayer, because they go on to say that when three judges or rabbis sit in judgment, the divine presence is with them. And when two people sit and engage in study of Torah, the divine presence is with them. And even one person who sits and engages in Torah study, the Shekhinah, the divine presence, is there. So the lesson of this passage of Talmud is that God's presence, so to speak, may be found in the holy actions that people perform. When we pray together, when we study, when we learn, and we could expand that to include when we reach out to each other to form community, when we support one another in difficult times, when we celebrate together. These holy actions are manifestations of God's presence here on earth. Now that I can believe in, much more so than the idea that we need fire and smoke to know that God is present. God is present in our actions, in our support of each other, as the joke says in our rowboat and our radio report and our helicopter, and also in our prayers and our community. God is in our Zoom satyrs. God is in our virtual Shiva minions. God is in our daily phone calls to loved ones. As Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Kotsk said, where is God? wherever we let God in. The Hebrew word for angel is malach. Now, we may or may not literally believe in angels, but the important thing here is that the word malach means angel and it also means messenger. And you don't have to be a divine being with wings and a halo to be a messenger of God. Each of us has the capacity to be the one to do God's work here on earth. Every time we reach out, every time we write or call or text or Zoom or pray or study or learn, we are agents of godliness in each other's lives. So this week, be an angel. See what you can do to make someone else's world a little better and see if it doesn't make your world a little better at the same time. Shabbat Shalom. Shalom.